is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now keeping himself with Martinez, five. He yeah. is going to be in touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge. Runs in from 15 yards out, tying the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour, giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets one over the Florida Gators. Now, shoots the three. Got it! Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land. And a good time was had by all. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. Happy long three-day weekend. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Thank you to all those who served. And uh, thank you for joining us, whether it is on KLIN in its traditional form or back again, Facebook Live. I should sh- I should share that for my friends. You should share that for your friends and, and, and all you, of our all of our friends, really. And and you listening, you sh- you should share it for your friends too. Yes, that's Caleb Henry. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. Thanks for joining us. Um, fun show. We are uh, we're going to talk with Ben McLaughlin from the Husker Sports Network a little bit. Um, he is one of the voices of, of Nebraska baseball. This is the what would have been Big Ten tournament weekend in Omaha at TD Ameritrade Park. Mm-hmm. Rain delays, notwithstanding, it probably would have been more fun than what we're doing now without any sports other than Korean and Taiwanese baseball and German soccer, which is on the TV right now because Wolfsburg and Dortmund. That's right. 30th minute. Nil, nil. I forgot to say it last week, but I got a live live score uh, alert on my phone for the first time in months. Yeah. I follow Dortmund. Anyway, um, you know what else I follow? Um... I follow Scott Frost on social media. Do you? Were, were people yeah. telling you to make sure you're paying attention to Scott Frost at some point this week? So many people. Uh, it was... It was. So I want to back up for a second. There are times in my, my home life where I will maybe build something up. Like, I want to get my kids excited for something. Like, hey, I've got a, we got a surprise for dinner. Oh, yay! And then it turns out to be like something that they're completely underwhelmed by like oh we've had this before that's not anything fancy yeah that's not that cool i kind of know where they're coming from that was just you know there was a hype video for the hype video and it was fine it was great yeah i just don't know what the built like were they just trying something new they had you know look they're doing a good job I like the I like the stuff that the the yeah. digital team's doing. You kind of have a, a little bit of new blood in there. Kelly Mosier was in charge mm-hmm. of that place. He moved on, uh, went over to Huddle. I just I guess they just could have done what they wanted to do. That what they did before, they just let it spread organically. Mm-hmm. You wanted to hype it up a little bit. That's fine. I just I think they kind of got people thinking that it was going to be completely different than what it ended up being. Yeah, I think if they would have said hype video, like yeah. pay attention, there's going to be a new hype video. If they would have said that. People would have known exactly, but when you left it so in the dark yeah. and just said, hey, pay attention to this. There's there's going to be a new production. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to this. It's okay. Now people can start to get some expectations because you can start to go down rabbit holes of what's going to be talked about. Is it going to be a fan experience announcement? Is there going to be an announcement on different things that you'll be able to do in the fall is Scott Frost is going to come out and say, we're expecting to play in front of a full crowd. Like you, yeah. what, what are the things that could happen? And don't get me wrong. I like the, I like the video. Yeah. I like it a lot. If these walls could talk all, all the stuff through that. Um, and Cole and I have both shared that, yep. um, on Twitter and we've got it with the KLIN Huskers as well. Stukin Holtz and I, Caleb Henry. Um, you can go watch it. I encourage you to watch it, but the build-up parts between that two weeks, week and a half, that's the part that was just kind of like, eh, this is it. This is all it is. <laughs> well, and to a certain extent, this is kind of how a lot of people view the program at this point in time, too. Look, there's there's great history at Nebraska. Everybody knows that. Everybody loves that. And that's obviously something that you should highlight as a program. Yeah. Proud proud tradition of winning innovation with the weight room and, and nutrition and whatnot. Like all of these things are good. Uh now new with the NIL stuff. 
but there comes to it, it comes to a point where you are in the same boat you were in with recruiting. You're mm-hmm. in the same boat you're in with uh, all this all this stuff on social media. You got to start winning. Yeah. Otherwise, it will ring hollow with a lot of people. And you know, for some people who are just pessimistic, they want to be the 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 troll on social media, what have you. They they go for that right away. And yeah. oh well, this is just another you know I, I, whatever they say. the The problem is if you don't have results on the field very soon, then you're you're not going to be able to tell that story. You know, like it's that that part of it is is what kind of it will it will start to work against you mm-hmm. at a certain point if those results just don't come because you you give more fodder to the people who want to tear you down as opposed to build you up yeah especially cuz a lot of the the big criticisms you'll see across social media which that's its social media it's, is its own thing if don't you want to go comments. if you want to go fight wars there don't read the comments don't tweet at kids two big rules um so if, if if you go on there, one of the two of the biggest or one of the biggest things that gets talked about is Husker fans live in the past. Mm. The Huskers just live in the past, and that hype video was a lot about the past. Yes, so that did that really gave a lot of fodder to opposing fan bases to say, "Well, what has Scott Frost done?" Well, back to back losing seasons, still hasn't made a bowl game at Nebraska. Yeah, he's got the recruiting classes, but. What do you point to? Mm. Well, he was a national champion quarterback. He was he did this at UCF. He did this at Oregon. Well, what what has he done here? What's he going to do? And it's like we're very optimistic about the groundwork that's being laid here at Husker Hour. But you can't really argue with those opposing fan bases when they say that the only thing we Husker Nation have to point to right now is in the past. Yeah, I mean there's a there's a certain fragility to it because it's it's not unlike the way that our society works like if you introduce something that, that makes everybody have to stay inside when you don't have any other tools in your toolbox to fight against a virus like yeah. this uh it shows you like oh crap well a lot of these people don't have work a lot of these people uh aren't getting the income that they had before uh which affects this which affects that like it's a chain reaction there's kind of a chain reaction within the Nebraska program from these last two seasons as well, the way things started both of those times, you had the Akron game that got lightninged out, Mm -hmm. and things kind of dominoes fell. You lose that first game, it kills your confidence. Same thing happened the second year. You were about to beat Colorado, and you know things flipped, 99-yard flea flicker, and all of a sudden your confidence is gone. That stuff's been confirmed by people within the program now. Yeah. Like, that's not just me trying to come up with excuses those things literally happened and the fragility of it is on display for all to see and until that's fixed uh and and there's no way to know that it's fixed until you see results on the field which we always will come back to at this point um coming into the third season with scott frost until you can fix that and show that that's fixed there's not a way around it there's there's no real way to to fight that battle so to speak without showing a victory or, or at least six on the field. Can we, just for a second, now that I'm thinking about it, this will be Scott Frost's third season at Nebraska. Season number one had that thunderstormed start. Yep. So you, you missed out on the game there. Things get off to a different start. You had year two really an injured Adrian Martinez for pretty much the whole year. You didn't know what was happening, and then we find out after, oh, yeah, he was basically battling an injury the whole year. Mm. Now we get into year three, and you start to think, okay, what is it going to look – what is normalcy going to look like when you're healthy, uh, hopefully the weather holds off, everything's going to be good to go? What does a year three look like? And now we're not even sure what the season's going to look like. Boom, coronavirus. So as you go through and you look at those things – Yes, we want to judge based on the wins and the losses, which is a, I mean, we have to judge that way. Like, you, you have to judge by results on the field. But also, and I know Scott Frost has no silver linings, you have to look at what the circumstances are. Mm-hmm. The psyche of a team in year one got kind of smashed in. Yeah. The team in year two 
didn't know what the quarterback situation was going to be. Amongst a, uh, didn't know what the kicking situation. There was a number of issues in year two. Yeah, we think a lot of things are fixed for year three internally with the team, yeah. but externally, don't know what the season's going to look like on the field, fans in the stands, any of it really. Right now, as of May twenty third. Yeah, look the. The reality is you're not going to get a whole lot of clarity on any of that for a while. I mean, we, we, we'll get to the Bill Moose um, confirming that, you know, athletes are going to be coming back here soon. NCAA has given guidance on that. The, the conferences are starting to weigh in. Like, that stuff's starting to trickle out, but you're still not going to know how all the events that may or may not change between now and September will affect all the plans that are being made. I mean, we had plans for a lot of things in March and April and May, and those plans went out the window. We had a lot of plans for this specific weekend. <laughs> yes, a lot. Um, and and so that's there's there's just not going to be certainty for a while surrounding this program, pandemic or not. Mm-hmm. And the pandemic just adds to it. I don't know. Like, there's there's some different schools of thought like what types of programs would a situation like this affect more i think nebraska is probably in the boat where they're affected more than most because they're not in the first year of a new regime where you'd have just about anything forgiven regardless of pandemic status uh they're not in an established program where like hey we really got this thing rolling it's too bad that we can't be playing under normal circumstances because we had all the all these things mapped out. Our schedules, our our you know the camaraderie with the the players when they're when they're with each other in person, mm-hmm. all that was rolling. And now this kind of puts a halt to that. Might hurt some of those programs. Might halt their momentum to a certain extent. I think the the middle ground there, where you have a program that has a little bit of established history with a coach, not year one or year two, but you know three or four or five, something like that, and you're still trying to make a name for yourself. You're still trying to break through, mm-hmm. and that's where Nebraska is obviously sitting. And to not have the 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 normalcy, the 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 stuff that you had put in place that you thought was going to get you to where you want to be, to to have that yanked away, I think it does hurt Nebraska more than programs that are in other times, other phases of their. Uh, of their program building, like a program like Minnesota, they kind of had their breakthrough last mm-hmm. year. Wisconsin and Iowa have been established for a long time. I was going to say, it, you know, it, those those other West rivals that you're trying to compete with, they're in a better spot to come out of this thing, I think, than where Nebraska with Coach Frost is. Yeah, I was going to say, if you had to pick a West Division team to be the model right now of something that somewhere that really things are going to be okay. Missing practice or not, mm. I think Iowa is kind of the one you'd want to be, wouldn't it? Like you, you want to be, you want to have what minutes? Because nothing changed for fifteen years. Because nothing has changed, so that really you could have yeah. five practices, you could have fifty practices. Iowa's going to look like Iowa. Yeah, Wisconsin's going to look like Wisconsin, but they're coming in and they're going to actually be competing for championships yeah. in the Big Ten. And I know Ohio State has really run this thing uh, over this past decade, but Wisconsin is in there actually competing for things. Minnesota was actually competing for that. Iowa, on the other hand, while not competing for the division championship and the Big Ten championship, they're so consistent that at least you have that right now through something like this. Yeah, I, I kind of liken it to, like, just for me personally – you go to like a workout class, like a kickboxing class. You go to the first one, and then this thing hits, and you're trying to keep up with it at home. You're not going to have the remembering, the muscle memory, the the moves, the the steps, the phases that you go through in that workout. If you've been going there for a few months, yeah, you're gonna know more of what's coming up. You're more ready for it mentally, physically. That's kind of where Iowa, quote unquote, would be. Because you've been doing the same thing for so long, you know exactly how it goes. Those players at home, they're going to be able to, you know, do some of that stuff on their own. Nebraska, you can, but you're not going to have it drilled into your memory as much, just because it's only been two seasons. Yeah, and a lot of the turnover that's occurred. I mean, most of these guys are are 
just getting into the program or have only been here for one off season. And some position coach turnover as well. So that, a little bit of that. Yeah. yeah, so you have a little bit of that. You've got the special teams um coming in, which that's an entire flip with flip, which by the way, I think the easiest uh take in this entire off season is that the special teams will be better this fall than they were last year. We detailed it all last week. If you didn't see that or hear that, you can go to the podcast page at klan.com. Just, just saying from what, I, what, Facebook page. what I've seen people tweet, I've got a, I've got a good feeling that the Husker special teams are going to be better this next year. Just letting you know, that's a, that's a pretty safe and good take. Yeah, you know, there's not much worse it could get. <laughs> you know, maybe there will be, uh, maybe instead of six kickers, maybe they'll use eight this year. I mean, that would be worse, I think. But hopefully, yeah. I, you know, I think you could probably avoid that situation. What is the over-under on kickers being used? Does that kick field goals this next year? Is it two and a half? Gosh, I'd just say one and a half. Really? I mean, I, I, you're going to probably ideally get one to do it and not well, have to go exactly. Yeah. I think they used up all their bad karma last year. I think they're just going to get one, and, and it's you'll be good with that. Man, had six last year, and you're going to put the line at one and a half. Maybe two and a half is better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why they pay you the big bucks. He's sports director Caleb Henry. I'm uh, I'm just Cole Stukenholtz here. Uh, we are moving along with uh, our show here. Uh, we've got plenty more to discuss. We're going to get into what the NCAA, what the conferences, and what Nebraska has announced as far as reopening campuses and bringing athletes back. Uh, we're going to get into that. Ben McLaughlin coming up later as well. Plenty more to get to here on a Saturday morning. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Back here on KLIN Husker Hour, back here on Facebook Live at KLIN Huskers. If you're not there, get there. You can see us. We are actual people right here in the studio. Well, one of us is wearing something Nebraska today. At least people can see that. You know what? I'm wearing this for two reasons. I'm wearing purple, by the way, if you're not watching the stream. If you are, you can see I'm wearing purple. This is my 2016 slow pitch softball championship mm-hmm. t-shirt no big deal and i'm wearing a matching purple hat yeah i get i get hats from college world series teams i grew up in bellevue so i went to the cws all the time this is an lsu hat south carolina is still the most the joe burrow rehash still. oh south carolina is still the most popular gear at the college world series whether they're there or not right yep yep for reasons you can figure out later um, and so I'm wearing purple partly because slow pitch softball would be going on right now and um, RIP to the 2020 summer season. And also because our youngest uh, is named Violet and she turns one okay. on Thursday. Oh, hey. So happy birthday to her early. And yeah, so that's why I'm wearing purple. I have got my Nebraska with the American flag hat on, if we can... That's kind of your go-to. It's one of my go-tos, but especially this weekend with it being Memorial Day weekend. Oh, yeah. So thought we'd show that one out. Anyone watching on Facebook Live, um, we've shared a few folks that, obviously, Memorial Day is honoring those that have uh, given the ultimate sacrifice in serving our country um, for our freedoms, uh, both at home and abroad, but... Uh, we shared a number of folks on their names and their branch that, in our lives, Cole, uh, have been a, at least a big impact on us, that we're, we're thanking them for their service, both current and former. Yes, and you can see that on the uh, the bottom line of our, uh, of our live stream today on Facebook Live. Um, wanted to dig into some of the opening stuff because uh, we've not had to close and reopen. Thankfully, we've been here the whole time, yep. but... Pretty much everything else has changed. <laughs> and that, of course, goes for sports. There's been some buildup as as we've gone through this time here, especially the last couple of weeks. How are fall sports going to look? Are we going to start on time? Is there going to be football? What's it going to look like? Et cetera, et cetera. So the NCAA was kind of the first domino to fall. They announced that they were going to allow members to start bringing student-athletes back to campus starting June 1st. Well, they... They had two different announcements. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it kind of followed what Nebraska did this week, essentially having two different announcements. Mm. So if we remember here in Nebraska, it was announced that 
baseball and softball would be able to return beginning June 1st. And this was actually not this past week, but the week before. Yeah. And you start hearing, well, what about all of the other sports that don't really have contact either? And then on Thursday, Governor Ricketts came out and said, well, now we're going to split sports into contact and non-contact and what they're able to do. Yeah. The NCAA essentially did the same thing this this week with the Division One Council, and they initially said football, men's and women's basketball can return for voluntary team activities on June 1st. And they Those still are your revenue sports. Yeah, and they have to still follow the state and local guidelines, which meant at the time that football and men's and women's basketball could op- could return for voluntary team activities, but it had to largely just be like weight room stuff, strength and conditioning, yep. which is what they were probably going to be doing anyway. But that that meant you're not picking up a football and throwing it around. You're not running routes and, and having someone throw you a football. You're not grabbing a basketball and doing one-on-one, three-on-three stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you still have to follow what the local guidelines are, especially here for Lincoln-Lancaster County in the state of Nebraska. Then on Friday, Division One Council said, uh, all sports. All sports are uh, good to begin June 1st for voluntary team activities. Same thing, you have to follow the state and local guidelines, which still means those things for football and basketball, because those are considered contact sports mm the way they are designated in the state of Nebraska. Now, they can go to the weight room. Um, weight room, it's the greater of 25 people or 50% capacity. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, the capacity in Nebraska's weight rooms is more than 50 people, so you're going to have more than 25 people in there yeah. uh, just about at all times. I'm fairly certain. I'm still waiting back to hear from facilities exactly what those uh, capacities are. Just so we have an idea hmm. of how many Huskers are going to be able to be in there getting their workouts in. But yes, it's all, especially the one that I think is a big one, it's for the fall, volleyball. Because as Coach John Cook has told us a number of times, a lot of the volleyball players are on campus. They're waiting. He's had them waiting saying, hey, be ready for a June start. Hmm. The Big Ten's restrictions on organized team activities go through June 1st. Now the Big Ten really can clear the way for all of this just by saying we're allowing team activities to begin June 1st or June 2nd or just not doing anything and letting it expire, really. So AD uh, Bill Moose, Huskers AD, came out yesterday and said they're going to start having athletes for some sports, uh, soccer, men's and women's basketball, football, and volleyball, come back June 1st, other sports to follow. Yes, a lot of student-athletes are on campus already, but that's really them being able to begin meeting on campus, having some more things that are a little bit more in person. Mm-hmm. Um, they all, The NCAA Division One Council also extended a waiver for the virtual, up to eight hours of virtual meetings for, um, I believe, football and basketball through June 30th as well. That's that's a lot of film stuff that you can just do through video. Yeah. Yeah, but, but so... Yes, that was a lot. lot That was a lot. That was a lot of information there, Uh, but it's also been that kind of week where you're waiting to hear what are the things that you're going to be able to do. Yeah, no, and and the devil's in the details. That's you. You have to be able to drill down on some of this stuff because if you don't, it's a free for all. You don't know what other people are doing, and you like the SEC. They voted that they're going to come back June eighth. Yes. Yep. That was that was one of the dominoes that fell as well. SEC's June eighth. Late yesterday, we found out Bill Moose confirming that, yes, Nebraska's football, men's and women's basketball teams, uh, they're going to be able to come back to campus as of June 1st. And that is obviously good news uh, in terms of being able to play football in the fall. Um, It doesn't explain or detail if fall camp's going to be able to start right away. Yeah, there's still a lot Um, of details out there. It doesn't detail how the games themselves would play out if any schedule changes are imminent or anything like that. Um, like like playing a like playing a, a home and home with the West Division. I mean, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, you you also you still don't know how you're going to be able to. Uh, what, the most the most interesting thing about all this, the one thing that I want to know from all these organizations, whether it's the pro sports, the college sports, what have you. What is the plan if somebody tests positive? Yeah. And I don't know, like, in a sport like football, 
I don't know how you keep it going because chances are the guy that tests positive or, you know, whoever in the, the front office or most likely a player because there's a lot more contact yeah. there. Like that player's probably had it for at least a day or two, if not longer. And you've obviously been in contact drills probably. Mm-hmm. Like you can do a lot of non-contact stuff, but eventually if they're going to expect these teams to go play, the coaches are going to say, hey, we have to be able to have some contact before we actually have real contact out on the field with another team. Otherwise, you're setting up injuries, yeah. injury risks and concerns, like, for sure. There's, that is the, that's the one thing that every one of these organizations has to have in place. And the way that testing has kind of rolled out across the country you know, it's kind of been a free-for-all for each state. Is it going to be a free-for-all for each conference? Is it going to be a free-for-all for each individual school? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Stuart Mandel and The Athletic kind of put a piece together, like, what is this going to look like when it gets back? Um, based on one of the guidelines, which was, like, testing each player uh, twice a week, Yeah, that was upwards of $500,000 over the course of a season mm-hmm. just for testing. Yeah. Not every school is going to be able to foot that bill. Nebraska's in a better spot than most, but yeah. is the NCAA just going to expect that every uh, every Division One team does it? Just the FBS? Just Power Five? Like, where do you draw that line? Think about the number of schools that are cutting sports yeah. already before adding Central, in. Central Michigan is down below the level of men's sports that you can actually stay Division One. Correct. At this point, with one yep, of their cuts. Because so, they cut both indoor and outdoor track, which counts as two sports. Like... There's there's a lot of detail that still has to be worked out. There's more plans that still have to come into place, and there's so much that can change between now and then. I think just the main the the main thing that I want to put. I mean, it's yes, it's good news that you're going to have teams kind of coming back together. Players are going to be able to get back to to a little bit of normalcy. Um, but there's just a long ways to go here. Very Cliff Notes version. NCAA says all sports can return to campus June 1st. They have to follow state and local guidelines. Huskers AD Bill Moose says they will begin with football, men's and women's basketball, volleyball, and soccer players returning to campus June 1st, the rest of the sports to follow in coming weeks. Very good. Lots of details. and We got them. Plenty more to come. Um, yeah, and we got Bill, uh, Ben McLaughlin uh, coming up as well. I thought He's, you were going to say Bill Moose for a minute. I was like, wait a minute. When did we get that? I glanced at my note, and it said it was right where Bill Moose's name is, uh, right above Ben McLaughlin's. Uh, Bill Moose not coming up next. Ben <laughs> McLaughlin, yes, is coming up next. We'll call it an upgrade. Uh, and, and you'll be able to see him as well. So if you're not on Facebook Live, get over there. Uh, you can see us, too, and Ben just in a minute um, right here on the KLIN Husker Hour at KLIN Huskers on Facebook. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Back here on the KLIN Husker Hour, we are going to do this again. We've got our uh, echo issues worked out after uh, we had Michael Brunts on the show last week. We tested the equipment this time. Yes. I mean, we we had we had things done before. Yeah. We we'd run it. You guys run it all the time, um, on uh, on you know the weekly Monday through Friday stuff. But we had it. We had some different variables introduced. So uh, now we don't, and we're good to go. Um, so big thanks, to... big thanks again to Kenny for hooking all of this up and figuring out our issues. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, thanks to Kenny, and thanks to our next guest Ben McLaughlin from the Husker Sports Network uh, joining us now on the KLI and Husker Hour. Uh, ben, how have you been? Uh, how have you been dealing with life in the pandemic? What have you been up to lately? Uh, just trying to trying to stay busy, trying to trying to pass the days, pass the time like everybody else. Um, you know, got a basically a a studio built in my basement for for working, and uh, been living down in this little cave. But you know, just just trying to stay sa- as safe as possible, and you know, just counting down the days until we get some type of sporting event back that's not starting it at one o'clock in the morning over in Korea. You know, you got to take it where you can get it. We've got the Bundesliga up on the TV right now. German soccer is where it's at. Um, we we uh, we are also encouraged by the news that started coming out here this week and especially yesterday where Bill Moose had confirmed that we are going to see football, men's, women's basketball, uh, those student-athletes getting back together uh, as soon as June 1st. 
Um, it's we, we just kind of had a little discussion about it. Obviously, a lot more details to come, but obviously a pretty encouraging sign that, that we're closer to uh, a little bit of normalcy. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the first step. I think that's the the... The, the, the first thing that you want, obviously, and the first thing that needs to happen for the sports to resume is the students to be on campus and you need the, the universities to be open. And I think, you know, we we're starting to see the dominoes fall. Um, I think the big, the big news, uh, you know, regarding the schools opening in the state of Indiana with both Purdue and, and Notre Dame, you know, basically announcing that you know, their, their fall campuses are, are going to be open. Uh, now Notre Dame's going to do things a little differently. Instead of moving everything back, they're going to move it up uh, and take out the, the fall break. And hopefully, um, you know, if this thing does come back, they can beat it and have their, you know, uh, all their students back home for break. So uh, that's important because I think, you know, especially with this virus, you're thinking in terms of geography, both of those schools are right in the heart of Big Ten country in Indiana. So, you know, you'd like to think that uh, Illinois uh, isn't too far off. Uh, Northwestern isn't too far off. Minnesota, Wisconsin, and then the trickle-down effect. I, I feel like that's a, a very positive thing for the Big Ten to to have kind of go their way. And then on top of that, you you know, you had the NCAA ruling earlier this week that, you know, kind of lifted that that uh, barricade of, of halting activities. and then. You know, you've seen conference after conference kind of follow suit. So, um, you know, it's been a it's been a big positive this week. I think of uh, of taking the steps in the right direction, and and now it's just you know inserting the protocols and inserting the, uh, you know, how you actually deal with this when the athletes are here. That that's the next question you need to answer. Now, Ben, you, you talked about the changes to the possible changes to academic schedules, particularly Notre Dame being that that big one that has made that that announcement. Um, Road to Recovery earlier this week, we actually had a a board member from Notre Dame called into us, um, which was weird. He's he's here in in Lincoln quarantining, but if let's say schools do go to more of that format where the semester ends for that Thanksgiving break and then they're at home, we're particularly interested in the student athlete side of that. What does that do for practices? The student athletes that are still going to have to be going to those. If football makes a bowl game and we have a regular postseason, those athletes are going to be around. You're going to be into the winter season. How does all of that, as of now on May 23rd, as much as we can forecast anything six months down the road, uh, how, how does that look? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't think it's entirely dissimilar to what it's going to look like in June when those guys are here and the rest of the students are not. I mean, I think you know, they're just going to find places to stay. As far as I know, campus is going to be open for those athletes. And you even go back to the beginning of this pandemic, you know, Bill Moose kept the training table open. And now there were definitely, um, you know, differences to that, but it still gave athletes opportunity to eat, um, you know, and, and still fuel their bodies in a way that they need to. And as long as, you know, they can stay on campus, they could stay obviously off campus they're more than welcome to stay in their homes off campus i know a fair amount of the athletes live off campus too um as long as that opportunity is given to them i think the the athlete part of it they're they're used to being on campus when other students are not whether that be the summer whether that be you know obviously you know this pandemic at the beginning and then obviously when they come back too um you know most of those guys have been on campus when other students have not so as long as they can house them as long as they can feed them and, and as long as, uh, you know, the, they're under supervision of some kind and, and following the rules that, that their coaches laid down, I, I don't think it's a, it's a situation that's going to be new to them to be on campus when other students are enjoying their breaks at home or wherever. Ben McLaughlin from the Husker Sports Network joining us here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Uh, switch gears a little bit here to uh, another sport. You're you're one of the play-by-play voices for baseball, and this weekend would have been the Big Ten baseball tournament. Would have been in Omaha, where the College World Series takes place. It's obviously not happening, and I know that sucks for all of us, but especially you, as uh, as involved as you are with the program. What what do you miss most about not having gotten to see Will Bolt's first season here as head coach for Nebraska? I think I think the thing that that I miss the most is just you know, watching the team identity kind of form. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, we were just starting to, to see what that is 
And that's that's one of the coolest parts about doing play-by-play for for a particular team is, you know, you're around the players, around the coaches every day. You hear, you know, the chatter. You can you can feel the ups and the downs. And usually, what starts to happen about the time that the season got canceled is you can start to see the team identity develop. And when I say team identity, every single team is made up differently. Every single team, you know, has their own quirks. They have their own games that they play in the outfield. They have their own personalities. And, um, you know, for every passing year and every senior class that passes by, every team is different. And I think we we're just starting to see what this first version of Will Bolt's team was going to look like uh, under him. And, and that's, that's, that's the, 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 the thing that bums me out the most is I think this is a team that Husker fans would have really enjoyed playing there. The watch play. They're very scrappy. I think the, you know, they're, they're, they've kind of got that's that similar grind. Don't give up type effort that, that uh, Darren Erstad had passed down. But, you know, I think other than that, just, just being around a ballpark, you know, just being at the ballpark and, and watching baseball and then, you know, hopefully seeing good baseball at that and, and watch some of these freshmen that, that, uh, that we saw take major steps from weekend to weekend, you know, and that, that of course feeds the optimism into, into, future years but unfortunately all that was cut short ben this was supposed to be a a very big weekend itself personally i was expecting to be at state track and watching that all happen at omaha burke and not being that upset about rain delays and lightning delays and big 10 baseball tournament where we're starting to realize that we're not that upset by games being postponed or having to go the next day uh but i know talked about what you miss the most but what what makes that Big Ten tournament so special, even when we know it's going to be 9.30 on a Thursday and everything's going to start being rain-delayed and then it's going to happen again Friday and looks like, had they been playing, it was going to happen again today? Yeah, I think that's part of the fun. You know, you just the, you, you expect the unexpected at that tournament. And, and obviously the best part is when Nebraska starts to play well and that stadium fills up. I mean, that, Greg and I have talked a lot about that Saturday Michigan game a lot since mm-hmm. since it happened last year that that second semifinal game that that put them into the Big 10 championship that that wasn't as big of a crowd as we've seen as the Indiana game at the at the championship at TD but that crowd was electric they were into every pitch and it just feels like such a big time atmosphere and I know our our boys just feed off of that so i mean th- there's a lot of things that i miss about it i i miss being at at the ballpark starting at 9 a.m. until the thing shuts down i miss watching the other conference tournaments and, you know, trying to figure out at large teams and how RPIs are moving by the day, especially for those teams that are on the bubble. If Nebraska is not one of them, there's always a handful of big 10 teams that are too. Um, It's it just, that that's when the postseason baseball feel begins to really settle in. And um, that, yeah, that, this, it's just, it's what everything you build for in February, all that, all that time, all that work, all those games come to a head and, you know, playing in front of all those fans. There's just really nothing like walking to the ballpark for a big game when you know you're going to see 10,000-plus red shirts in the stadium and, and be really into every pitch. Speaking with Ben McLaughlin of the Husker Sports Network here on KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Ben, another thing that got kind of announced this week is the baseball proposal on the change of season which would move it back to starting more mid-March instead of uh, early or mid-February, would push the College World Series to mid-July. What are your thoughts upon, or if you've been able to look at that, and I'm sure you have as a big baseball guy, um, what, what are your thoughts about that schedule shifting a little bit, especially for more northern teams like Nebraska, that it's hard to get some of those games in if there's snow in, in you know February and March? Yeah, I mean, I think the proposal as a whole, there's a lot of parts to it. Uh, there's a lot of things that that base that college baseball specifically is looking into. Uh, but but one of the biggest things is what you're talking about there, the the schedule. I think uh, you know that's a huge benefit to the northern schools, as you said. I'm not sure that the the southern schools are going to love it so much. Um, you know what this does is instead of having all the northern schools have to travel for the first month of the season. By the time March rolls around, there's a lot of schools that could open at home if they want to. They don't need to play the first 12 to 15 games of their schedule on the road. So what does that mean for Southern schools? Well, for the SEC, that means they're going to have a harder time getting Ball State to come down to Gainesville and and beat up on the Cardinals for a three-game series. They're going to have a harder time getting Central Michigan to go play Arkansas. Um, Now, there's still plenty of baseball schools in the South, 
but those schools in the South have been practicing just like they have. So I think it kind of eliminates a little bit of an advantage that the South has just in terms of weather, just in terms of travel, being able to sleep in their own beds, play in their own ballpark, have their own fans. Now you're still going to see a lot of the Big Ten teams travel by that time in mid-March, but to just give them that opportunity is is absolutely huge. And and the other thing that it does is it helps college baseball on TV because by the time March starts, um, you know, you got college hoops going all through February. So you, even conferences like the SEC and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 who have their own networks, this is going to allow for a lot more games to be on TV, which which is a positive for all baseball fans. So, you know, the long, long story short, I think it is a positive for the Northern schools, and I'd like to see them take the step in that direction and, uh, you know, get more games at Hawks Field. God forbid we level the playing field a little bit and <laughs> take some of the SEC advantage away, right? Um, ben, we'll get you out of here on this. Um, Caleb and I do the one-hour sports show one once a week. I, I used to be part of Sports Nightly three hours a night. I remember summer. Summer's tough. Uh, in the middle of a pandemic, what are you guys doing for three hours every single night? Because uh, with four kids, I do not get a chance to listen very often. Yeah, so it's a lot of it's a lot of what we're doing right now. A lot of Zoom calls, a lot of brainstorming. Um, thankfully, you know our team is is creative, and you know we we come up with you know these cornerstone pieces that we have every day of the week. It, it makes the time go a little faster. And uh, Jeremiah Searles, former Huskers, helping us out a segment yeah. a week, and of course our greatest games feature on on Friday night is definitely helping. But yeah, we're stretching our imagination, and uh, <laughs> you know we're, it's like one of those deals where in the summertime, polls, you know you're you're Every time you refresh Twitter, you're hoping a bombshell drops to give you something to, t- to talk about. Unfortunately, uh, the percentage of that happening is about 1.6%. So, you know, it's getting by, it's sports, and, and we're all kind of just getting through it together. And, you know, blessed to, to, to still have a job and be able to, to do it. Yeah. Um, I think that's the attitude you got to have because there's a lot of people that are going through hard times right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, hey, farmers pray for rain. And sports talk people in the pandemic pray for breaking news. It's <laughs> it's just what we do. Uh, ben McLaughlin, Husker Sports Network. Thanks a lot for the time and enjoy your long weekend. Uh, we will be uh, we'll be catching up with you sometime down the road. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, Ben McLaughlin joining us there on uh, on Zoom. Very cool to have him along. And uh, we're gonna get to our next break here now. More to come on all the reopening stuff. There's there's. A little bit we haven't dug into yet uh, as far as what we can be expecting going forward. Um, And uh, a little bit more Nebraska personnel news because the program additions do not stop. Nope. Um, If you haven't seen or heard that news, we'll catch you up with uh, all of that when we come back here on the KLIN Husker Hour, live on Facebook at KLIN Huskers, and, of course, on 1400 KLIN. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Our thanks to Ben McLaughlin joining us in our last segment. If you missed that or any of our shows, you can head over to the podcast page at KLIN.com. You can follow us uh, on Facebook and Twitter at KLIN Huskers. Of course, uh, plenty of you are right now on Facebook as we do our second weekly Facebook Live. Yes. This is uh, new ground, and we're, we're glad to have you with us. And uh, shout out to my uh, uh, my friend Jeff, who was on uh, the greatest slow-pitch softball team of all time, <laughs> the Ginger Jet. Appreciate him listening. Um, more, to, more to get to on some of the reopening stuff, but I also wanted to hit on uh, yet another new addition for Nebraska football because it wouldn't be a show on a Saturday without talking about somebody who left or joined the team um, because that's just kind of the, the Scott Frost program brand at this point. You gotta, you gotta build things. You gotta let people go if they're not going to be part of the mix, you know, um, South Dakota has uh, given away one of their wide receivers and it's a grad transfer. Uh, Levi Falk. Uh, he's a six foot two wide receiver mm-hmm. coming from Vermilion. Um, had his best year as a sophomore. He had 45 catches yeah. for 492 yards and two touchdowns. Um, had a broken bone in his hand in his junior year and didn't do as much. But um, it's another body and at a position where you haven't had much uh, in terms of breakthrough other than a guy named J.D. Spielman yeah. and uh, hopefully a guy who gets to play a little bit more wide receiver instead of running back in Wandale Robinson. So probably not going to you know see uh, you know a bunch of snaps, but... Somebody else you can have in practices 
and and maybe you know maybe you get a contribution from him down the road. And that's one of the that's one of the schools. I know there's a lot of Yelp fans, mm-hmm. so you yep. you get that one there. That starts to feel a little bit more personal being just up the road. Um, but you have J.D. Spielman, and then you're gonna have Falk. That's that's the experience in the room. Sure. At on field and Wandale. It, well, Wandale that, that's one year. Running back and, and it, yeah, one it, year. Yeah, yeah, right. one year and playing and splitting yep. that a lot between running back just because of necessity yeah. for a wide receiver room. Other than being just in the wide receiver, JD Spielman is far and away the the leader in that clubhouse yeah. for that wide receiver room. But you're now bringing in someone who has played three years of collegiate football. Mm-hmm. Last year had the broken hand, so that hurt some of the production. But that's someone who has that experience. That that's adding experience to the room, and I don't. I mean, adding experience is never a bad thing, yeah. especially when he's going to come walk on for that one year with Nebraska. That's that's I think a good addition, uh, both for him and for the program. Yeah, um, and and you always you're always concerned. You know, when a guy comes up, is he going to be able to compete at this level? Um, they're they're one double A or FCS, yeah. not FBS. Uh, the game against Kansas State. They played uh, the Jackrabbits did in 2018. He was uh, 11 catches for 140 yards against K State. K State's not you know mid 1990s challenging for national championships by any means, but they're a competent Big 12 program. Yes, and that's not insignificant con- uh, uh, production from uh, a wide receiver. So that's an encouraging sign. Let's uh, just you mentioned kind of how you know how little you have at. Uh, in terms of experience at that wide receiver position, mm-hmm. just running that down. Like, I mean, you said J.D. Spielman, obviously he's the name that jumps off the page. Uh, Wondell Robinson has one year in the program. Besides that, uh, you're hoping Omar Manning can contribute at junior college production, yes. not at the Division One level. Um, Will Nixon, he's another freshman. Uh, Ty Hahn, walk-on from Johnson Brock. Marcus Fleming, true freshman. Brock Douglas, Elliot Brown, walk-on freshman from Nebraska. Xavier Betts, true freshman. Mm-hmm. Chris Hickman, redshirt freshman, played a couple of games. Uh, they moved him from tight end to wide receiver. Wyatt Lever, spring game champion. Uh, Cade Warner, he's probably your number two in terms of Division One. Produ- I mean, he is number two in terms of. Yeah, and we've seen what what he can do. He's so smart. Yes, um, he he definitely knows how to get open. He's a great route runner. Um, caught that tight two point conversion against Iowa his freshman year two years ago. Um, Austin Jablonski, Ty Chafin, Christian Banker, Bennett Fulkers, Demarion Houston, uh, redshirted last year. Jamie Nance, redshirted last year. Um, got some time on the field. Uh, and then uh, Alante Brown, he's uh, another true freshman. So, yeah, you've got J.D. Spielman, Cade Warner, I forgot about. He's Yeah. Is he on scholarship now? No. He's still not on scholarship. Um, I think he's doing, I mean, his, his parents are, are okay for money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then you have uh, this kid Falk from South Dakota, and then you have Wandale Robinson and a couple guys who redshirted and got a handful of snaps. But if you—that's look- your experience at wide receiver. Yeah, that's talking just experience. Talking yeah. scholarship. It's J.D. Spielman yep. and then a bunch of freshmen and sophomores. Yeah, it's it's thin. It is thin, and and that's not a great place to be. But you do have a lot of options, and you never know if if one of those guys pops. And you know whether it's. Mm-hmm. Could be Elante Brown, could be Omar Manning. One of those guys could have a Maurice Purify type season and just step right in and be able to go off and really contribute in their first season because, let's be honest, there's plenty of opportunity to be that, had. That's how you overhaul a position. You say there's opportunity, yes. go win the job. Yeah. Somebody's got to win it, and uh, there's plenty, uh, plenty of snaps to get. All right, back to wrap up the show right after this. KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN and on Facebook Live at KLIN Huskers. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. He does this every week, everybody. Got to get one. The dancing, the the doo-doo doing. Yes, all that. All right. Um, Hey, we didn't hit on this yet. So there's a a few former Huskers who are taking part in um, the... uh, I guess kind of American Gladiators style. It's the Titan Games with Dwayne the Rock, the Rock Johnson. He's the he's the the Mike Adamley and Larry Zonka uh, player or so here, host. First of all, let me just say this: we've talked a lot about former Huskers, predominantly Husker football players, Husker basketball players. What do they do? Baseball players. Yeah, yeah. The female athletes at the University of Nebraska are some of the best 
not just in the country, but in the world. Jordan Larson's like one of the best volleyball players in the world. Correct. Now, one of these that's going to be competing in the Titan Games is going to be on NBC Season 2 premieres on Monday. Mm. Jesse Graff, former track and field pole vaulter, she's a Hollywood stunt woman. She's known as Superwoman. Uh, she's been on American Ninja Warrior. She's going to be one of them on the Titan Games. Mm. Two others, you've got also former track and field um, Shantae McMillan. And then you've got Jamie Borg when she played softball, but yeah. now she's Dr. Jamie Seaman. She's a doctor. Mm-hmm. She she helps out uh, like OBGYN baby stuff. Yeah. Those three, two from track, one from softball, are going to be on these Titan games, which it's really it's strength and endurance and um, the will to just go win against your opponent, um, pull something faster than they can, uh, throw something further. It's yeah. It's an incredible competition for what they're able to do with their conditioning. But the female student-athletes at the University of Nebraska, what they do competitively across the world, both professionally in in their professions, but also athletically, like we're seeing these three. Um, And they'll be on NBC on Monday for the Season 2 premiere of the Titan Games. Yeah, very well-rounded athletic department. Yes. Yeah, the the female athletes definitely uh, more than hold their own. Um, I just had this thought. Uh, If there was a Nebraska football or basketball player that you would want to see on like American Gladiators, like Ooh. the 90s style American Gladiators? Who do you want to see? I think right now, I mean, he's in shape, so either Rex Burkhead or Levante David. Okay. I think I could see either of those two right now just because of the shape they're in for football and how strong they are. Yeah. I think those two could do extremely well. I would, I mean, I'd want to say like a big dude like Indomitian Sue. Yeah. But I'm going to want that little bit more shiftiness that you get from a linebacker running back. So maybe not as a contestant, but I think that he would be pretty good. What was that, the game call where you have the barrels? There's five of them and you have to, the, the contestants have to put balls in the barrels. While they're getting shot at? Well, no, no, no. While you're getting tackled. Oh, ta- yes. <laughs> put, put, uh, put like uh, Damian Daniels or Nash Hutmacher out there. Yes. Just blow guys up. <laughs> that would be awesome. I want, to, I want to watch the, Hus- the Husker Titan Gladiators. I'm going to have to go home and watch American Gladiators on YouTube now. <laughs> um, I got Hey, we got nothing else to do, right? All right. Thanks a lot for joining us. Um, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, and we will see you back here next Saturday on the KLIN Husker Hour. Go Big Red.